Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Good evening and welcome back to Freedom Machines with Freddie Dobbs. Excuse me, just finished a whole load of ginger snap cookies, just getting in the festive spirit. Today's podcast episode is proudly brought to you by Sizap. That is a motorcycle tracker and rider's mate. I've had it on my bikes for a while, or on my bike for a while, and it can save your rides. You can track exactly where your bike is, and it's got a whole load of other special features, such as giving you notifications when you need to adjust the chain, service the bike, things like that, MOT and insurance, all of that stuff. Right now, until the end of December 2021, there's 35 euros off at Sizap, and it's for motorcycles and cars, boats, all-terrain vehicles and everything in between. You don't need any code, just go on to sizap.com to get 35 euros off your device. So thank you so much to Sizap for sponsoring this week's episode. Right, let's get down to it. So, I've got something here. And it's something I've touched on a few times, I know this. But it became, it kind of hit home. Let me rewind a couple of days because I went to see... I went to see Easy Rider Tenerife, and this is a motorcycle rental company in Tenerife, and they have pretty much a selection of motorbikes that is my exact choice, my exact selection of motorbikes that I would choose if I had the money. And I'm, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'll go through what they've got in a second, but I want to, I want to tell you about a chat I had with the owner, a great guy, owner called Adam you know, proper biker. He loves all the modern classics, the Harleys, Triumphs, things like that. And I was chatting to him about all of his different bikes. And we got onto the subject of bike modification. And he said to me, look, Freddie, in Spain, it's different. You can't, you really can't modify your motorcycles in Spain. 
to such an extent that if you would change your wing mirrors, if you would change your mirrors on your motorbike, when you take it to the annual check, which is what we call the MOT in the UK, if you take it to your annual check with different mirrors from factory, different mirrors than what it came out of the factory in, it will fail the MOT. And I said, but how can they know this? And he said, look, the examiners, they are actually looking for this stuff. They will check every element of your motorbike and they will look for, for example, on the wing mirrors, all of the specific CE markings and or does it say Ducati, for example, in small writing on the uh, on the corner of the, the wing mirror. They'll look for all of the small markings indicating that it is, for example, a triumph for a Ducati specific part and if it is an aftermarket part they will know about it and it will fail and you will not be able to get that bike road legal unless you do a ridiculous amount of paperwork and forms to basically officially state that this is a modified vehicle it's almost like having to re-register the vehicle again there's no guarantees that you'll ever be allowed to do it and it's a huge amount of hassle so much so that pretty much from what i've seen and i always welcome input on this but pretty much from what i've seen and heard in spain you just don't bother modifying your vehicles because it's so much hassle you know i knew there was something like this in Spain but my understanding was that it would probably just be oh you know you can't change the exhaust you can't change stuff to do with the engine you can't modify the engine you can't give it more horsepower all this stuff I don't understand you can't do that with it but it is so much more in depth than I thought you know you can't go out there and buy an aftermarket chain guard you can't you can't put different indicators on you know all of these bikes they come with gigantic usually plastic indicators you can't change that in Spain and I really really do think now with all the noise coming out in the UK about you know soon modifying your motorbike or your car from the manufacturer's standard will be illegal I think this is a sign of things to come in the UK and probably I would guess it could well be the sign of things to come further afield if it's happening in Europe you know, and it's it's sounding like it could happen in the UK. God, is it going to happen in Australia, the USA, further and further afield? I really think that in two years, if we're not there yet, that in the UK, it may be banned. I know this sounds completely unthinkable because the custom bike scene in the UK is gigantic and I am a huge fan of it. And I really, really hope it doesn't end. But I've got a horrible, horrible feeling that the custom bike scene could be coming to an end. Uh, it seems unthinkable, but after speaking to Adam, you know, they, they've just, you know, they've accepted it. It's the way it is out there. You know, in reality, it's not as apocalyptic as it seems because, you know, you just get on with it. You just have to accept, you know, you can still have cool bikes. They're just standard cool bikes and if you want if you want to modify it well you have to buy it from triumph and spec it exactly the way you want it you know triumph for example have never had so many aftermarket options for their motorbikes so you can still spec a bike the way you want but the problem is you have to buy it brand new to be able to get it the exact way you want it so so that is where we're left
I, I think, if I'm right, the government are looking into, in the UK, legislation to be able to maybe pass this bill, to get this bill passed. And the thing that scares me, the thing that scares me is this could be retrospectively added. So, for example, my Triumph Bonneville has a lot of aftermarket parts. They're all bolt-on aftermarket parts from companies I love, such as Motown and Tech Bike Parts that specialize in Triumph aftermarket bits. You know, I've got... I've got a chain guard, I've got uh, a different seat, I've got different indicators, I've got uh, too many different things to list. So my bike wouldn't, it wouldn't even dream of passing the MOT, the annual check in Spain as the way it is. I would have to go out, go onto eBay and try and find original Triumph exhaust, Triumph chain guards all of that stuff and absolutely triumph you know triumph mirrors and put it all back absolutely to standard in order for it to pass and this could be retrospectively added you think it's unthinkable but these things are changing so quickly you know in motoring that i i see this happening i really do and how does it make me feel how does it make me feel going forward would this, after seeing what's going on in Spain now, would it really make me think twice before I, you know, if I buy another bike, b before modifying that bike, and honestly, hand on heart, and it breaks my heart, it would actually make me think twice before modifying my next bike. It almost makes me go as far as to think, if I see some good value standard parts because i'm going to be honest i've got a, a ridiculous attitude with all of this stuff i know for, for example a lot of people like to keep their motorbikes standard and if they do modify them they keep their spare parts pristine tucked away in the shed what do i do with them throw them in the bin i know that sounds ridiculous and a lot of people be like freddie you, you idiot i can't argue with that it's stupid it's absolute stupidity i'm just lazy once it's off i, I want it gone i want it in the bin i want to move on with my modified parts and that is completely thick but i've done it now and it's too late so i've got none of the original parts they're all in the bin probably somewhere and i would have to go out and source it my guess would be it would be a few a few hundred pounds to be able to get all the parts back and that's assuming i can get second hand parts if i have to go back to triumph and get the originals it's going to be possibly up to a thousand pounds and of course there are other people in much deeper than this you know they've got whole modified bikes this is a huge industry and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger in the UK. It is a booming industry. I've said it before, these custom bike shops have waiting lists of months. But what do you do if you've had some serious work? You know, if you've had the frame chopped, if you've had a complete custom job, maybe you've actually built your own bike from scratch. Where are the limits? You know, uh, I think, let's say if you've built your own bike from scratch, and you register that bike on, I think in the UK we call it a Q plate, so you almost re-register it uh, as a modified vehicle. That may well still be possible. In fact, I'm sure that will be possible. It's just there will be a lot of extra paperwork. And of course, with that extra paperwork, it's extra hassle. And a lot of people, if you're paperwork averse like myself, you just will not be bothered with it. So I can't wait to see what happens. I welcome any input on this. If you've got anything to say about it, if you think I'm wrong on anything of this, I would be very interested and I will share it in the next podcast. 
probably email, best way to do it, or Instagram, but email is dob.bs at outlook.com. And I do often get people that correct me on things, so let me know. In fact, actually, that brings me on to something good. Someone corrected me. Motorcycles in the UK, they don't pay congestion charge in London, regardless of how old they are, but they do pay the emission zone. Basically, something I got wrong. There's one or the other, but just double check with motorbikes over the age of 2010 or older. I thought they need to pay you less charge and congestion charge, but I think you only need to pay one or the other. So it's not quite as bad as what I said in a previous vlog. So these older bikes, actually, you won't necessarily have to be hit with quite the fee that I thought you would on a daily basis. Um, so let me know, let me know, because I am sometimes wrong, but this is scary with the modifying of motorcycles. And let me move on. Let me move on to Easy Rider Tenerife. Right, so I get there about two or three days ago now right in the south of Tenerife beautiful weather probably about 15 minutes away from the touristy area and this is a company that opened a year ago by uh, a, a British guy he's a biker but he's a businessman as well he's got a whole pretty much a whole building of his different businesses one of the businesses is Easy Rider Tenerife and it's basically at the moment his passion project but he hopes he hopes. I mean, I say he hopes. It's such a passion project. I think he's fairly easygoing, actually. Basically, he just wants to be able to share his selection of modern classic, classic motorbikes with anyone wanting to come over to Tenerife. He's got Royal Enfield Interceptor, Royal Enfield Bullet, Harley Davidson Sportster, two Ducati Monsters, Triumph Bobber, Triumph Bonneville old 1980s Harley-Davidson, completely forgotten the name, brand new Harley-Davidson Road Glide, and a Moto Guzzi V7, of course. An absolute dream, kind of eclectic mix within the modern classic area. But he's got everything within that modern classic that you really could wish for. Such a great mix. I had the chance to take out one bike of choice and I chose the Moto Guzzi V7 because I've never ridden a Moto Guzzi before. Uh, an interesting point actually with this, just before I get to the Moto Guzzi, all of these classic bikes, I thought surely, I, I thought the most popular one would be the Harley Davidson Sportster. But out of all of these really cool modern classics, it's the Ducati Monsters that are his most popular motorbikes for people to rent out. So much so that he's actually bought two of them. That's how popular, that blew my mind. I thought, I really did think it would be one of the, the proper modern classics uh, as opposed to more of the, you know, let's be honest, a, a monster isn't a modern classic. It's just, well, it's just a good naked bike. But they're the most popular. And actually, when I got there, there's a doctor, I think, from Germany who just rented one out for a day or two. He was heading off. It's a very, very impressive operation. All of the bikes are, I rode in on the Bonneville and all of the bikes lined up left and right. Next YouTube video is coming out on it. And you, you know, go in there and you can, if you're a customer, of course, you can just take your pick which one you want. And every bike is slightly different, you know, slightly more, more in tune 
with different riders in different circumstances. For example, the Royal Enfield Interceptor and the Royal Enfield Bullet, they're sometimes taken out by husband and wives, whereas the Ducati Monsters, that's often for individuals who want to go out and really attack all of the incredible roads that Tenerife has. And there are a few bikes that I wanted to test. The short list of bikes that I was considering asking for, Harley-Davidson Sportster, because, and I can't believe it, I've never tested a Sportster in my life, and a MotoGuzzi V7, and also the Royal Enfield Interceptor. I've tested it, but I've never done a YouTube on it. But I went for the MotoGuzzi because I've never even ridden any of the brand before. So I took it out. And I took it out with, with an idea of what it would be like in my mind. And that would be... Uh, almost an exact competitor of the Triumph Bonneville. That's where I positioned it, almost with everything in mind, with the performance, the build quality, the feel of the bike, just an Italian equivalent of the Triumph Bonneville. And it's a bike that I would genuinely consider buying. It ticks every box for me. It looks brilliant. It's, it's well-priced, and it looks like a good, solid bike with good reviews from the owners. And I won't go into too much detail because I've got a YouTube video coming out of it. But I, for me, I would still just, just go with the Triumph Bonneville. And I give my reasons in the YouTube, so I won't repeat myself too much. The video will be out in a week or so. But it is everything I thought it would be in the best possible way, the Moto Guzzi. And I'm so glad now that I've got to ride it. And it is... What do we call it? I think we call it belt, is it belt drive? Shaft drive, it's shaft drive. So you don't need to oil the chain. And I do know for a lot of people that is, that's a big factor. You know, a lot of people, they are put off by having to do the chain maintenance and adjustment and cleaning. And if they can get a shaft drive, they will actually choose that or choose a bike with shaft drive purely for that reason. So keep an eye on the YouTube video because I, I found it quite eye-opening actually riding the Goodsey and seeing where it fits with the, the Triumph Bonneville range, the Interceptor range, and then you've got this very keenly priced, handsome Italian bike there as well. And it got me thinking, residuals, how well does this 8,000 pound bike hold its value? Where does it sit? What are we going to be looking at if we're looking at a if we're looking at a, a let's say a you know a ten thousand a, a ten year old motor Guzzi, how much money are we going to be losing? Because of course they're not as big a sellers as the Triumphs, but that would usually mean actually that that exclusivity means they may actually hold their value a bit better. And I'm looking now. I've just clicked on, and it is true. I mean, they hold their value well. If you're if you're looking at one for eight thousand pounds brand new, you're only going to have lost about three and a half thousand pounds to get a, a you know a twenty thirteen model. If if you would buy one brand new, you're only going to lose about three and a half k in eight years, and it looks like they're going to have bottomed out at about four and a half k. So that's a really good solid investment for a motorbike, a second hand motor goodsy. You're not going to lose a penny on it. I think they've bottomed out at about about four and a half K or something. Right, I like this. Someone asked me, Freddie, what's the worst spill 
you've ever had? What's the worst motorcycle accident you've ever had? And I've got two of them. And neither were bad. They were more embarrassing than anything. The first one, I remember, was on my Suzuki Bandit. And I'd been riding for about four months. And I was out with a few friends. And we'd gone the wrong way. So we pulled into a cul-de-sac to turn round. So I was at the back of about four of us bikers. I was right at the back. They all did a three-point turn in the road. And I thought, oh, this is easy. I'll just do a full turn in the road without having to do a three-point turn. So I tried doing the full turn in the road in one, riding the bike, quickly try and flip the RF600. That was the bike of at, at the time. Quickly try and flip it round and misjudged it. I went turned in at too tight an angle at too low a speed dropped the bike did a backward roll and there was a family just watching from the sitting room window as i did this roly-poly about three meters away from the bike i then had to quickly get up full leathers on all black leathers black helmet run back over to the bike and desperately lift it up and rush off and people in the house must have thought who the hell is this idiot and then another time it's something about suzuki's I was on my Suzuki Bandit, coming out, coming out of my uh, my apartment block, out of the the car park, and I realised I forgot my key fob, so I had to ride the bike onto the pedestrian walkway and push the button with my right hand, while with my left hand try to open the gate all the time while sitting on my Suzuki Bandit. So I managed to just about open the gate and as I was pulling the gate open with my left hand and still trying to balance on the bandit, I fell and the bike fell over to the left, pinned me down into a bush. So I was now pinned into a bush with the bike engine running, trapped between the bush and the Suzuki bandit and trying to get up. The bike was now redlining because my right hand of course was still on the accelerator so the bike was redlining i was trapped in between a bush and my motorbike desperately trying to get up and as i was trying to get up my neighbor drove up to the the car gate as he was heading off somewhere with his girlfriend and he just looked at me and i think he pretended he didn't see me and i luckily had my helmet on so no one could see my beetroot face and he drove off which made it even more awkward pretending he didn't see me and after about 40 seconds of redlining the bike i managed to lift it up and head off and those two those two are the worst ever incidents i've ever had although on my Triumph Speed Triple, which was 130 horsepower, I, I really, I really felt like that bike wanted to kill me. I, I've never had so many close shaves on a motorbike as I did have on my Triumph Speed Triple. That's just what these fast bikes do. You know, you can buy a fast bike and, and you can say, you know, I'll be careful. And of course you will be careful of course you will but i had so many close shaves on that it just kind of goads you you know to be aggressive to ride quickly i had a few close ones on the motorways and i had a few times you know pushing it a bit too much and then i'd be you know after that maneuver i'd do on the triumph speed triple i'd be thinking oh freddie that's that's too silly it's just too silly way too silly but on the bonneville now you know nice and low key you know not remotely aggressive in any way touch wood touch wood i haven't really had any close shaves 
and it's just uh, it lends itself much much more to easy going riding which is my kind of thing so touch wood luckily nothing really at the moment with regards to bad spills or accidents at all right you know at the beginning of the week i did want to talk about modified bobbers because of course you know i had the triumph bobber and i wanted to see are there any really good cheap versions of these you know maybe some modified yamahas or things like that but i'm actually going to leave that for now because i don't want to i don't want to talk about you know these potential mo modified motorcycle restrictions and then go looking for one right in the same episode and like i'll save that for next time because otherwise i look too schizophrenic so what I'm going to do is move on to a selection of bikes of the week. And this is this is a mix of three bikes. I wasn't sure if I should do them all in one episode, but I'm going to save the last eight to ten minutes or so to talk about these because all of them are interesting in their own right. And it's a it's a slightly different mix of bikes. The first one I found is let me just so I'm on Auto Trader now. These are just this is a bit of food for thought for you with bikes that I found that are I think good investments. Uh, they will stand the test of time and they're they're looking like quite good value and they've bottomed out. So I'm trying to find the best bikes deal-wise for you now that are good investments. And I start with the Indian Scout Bobber. Because this is a bike that is just touched below seven and a half thousand pounds for the first time in my memory this is a 2015 indian scout the first of the the new generation of indians that came out it still looks absolutely brand new to the untrained eye this looks exactly the same as the 2021 model i would not be able to tell the difference it's the 1133 cc engine it's 7495 pounds it's in gray it looks brilliant it's based in edinburgh and it is it's got a full mot it's only done 6,000 miles and this bike looks absolutely superb. It's got, it's got a brown single seat. These are really, really beautiful bikes and you can get them for under seven and a half thousand pounds. I think that's a really good deal for an Indian Scout. So that's the first one. I don't, I really don't think they're going to drop any lower than that. So if you're on the market for one of these, and of course it's, you know, we're deep, we're fairly deep into winter now. This is the time to buy one of these Indian Scouts. I honestly don't think whether you keep it for six months, two years or 10 years, I do not think you're going to lose one penny on these bikes. Right, next up, Suzuki. And I just need to check the exact model. Here we go, right, it's a Suzuki. And I'll just put this into Auto Trader because this is a bike that I've said before, I almost bought this motorbike instead of the Bonneville. It was right in my shortlist of motorbikes. I came very close to buying it. And I remember at the time, there was one that looked quite good and it was for sale for £2,000. And that was a good deal. But the fairly common price was about 2008 to £3,000 for these bikes. And I've just had a look now. And the bike in question is the Suzuki GSX 1400. This is 
a brute of a bike. This is a muscle bike. I think they came out in about 2002. Naked bike, 1400 cc, 105 horsepower. Absolute muscle bike. They look really good. They're, they're stealthy, they're classy. And the minimum price right now, bearing in mind that probably two, two and a half years ago, I could eat fairly easily get one for 3K, minimum 4,000 pounds now. 4,000 pounds is a minimum for one of these. For me, in my eyes, this is a future classic bike. They're going up in value, 4,000 pounds. Bearing in mind it's the winter now, the cheapest point they're going to be at. And you're looking at, if I look at the cheapest one on Auto Trader right now, 3,950, so 4,000 pounds. Suzuki GSX 1400 in silver. I think that's the best color. Nice condition one with a good solid seat. These would be great two up cruisers. And I think that's a superb looking bike. It's also a real talking point bike. This is such an extreme bike with that gigantic engine. It's cool because of its huge engine, because of what it is, you know, having such a massive engine. That's the talking point. That's what makes this bike so incredibly special. And it's often the case that big engines are enough on their own to give a bike classic status and i think it's exactly true for this big suzuki this will be a classic because of its gigantic engine because of what it represents that's a surefire thing that bike to be a classic i really do think so i think that's going to be going up and up and up in value right final one this is actually this is fairly similar to the suzuki gs let me get this up final one it's a Yamaha, so it's another Japanese bike. It's a bike that, a bit like the Suzuki, has been around since about the year 2000, maybe even late 1990s, and that's a Yamaha XJR1300. Now, they all look good. You can get the Yamaha XJR1300s for, I think, maybe even 2.5K, and again, I think they will go up in value. But... There's a specific one I want to talk to you about because I think with the new facelift or relatively new facelift, it's transformed the bike. So if I go to Yamaha XJR 1300, I can see that the cheapest one is £2,695 for 2002 model. 106 horsepower, it's a proper muscle bike. It looks really, really good. So have a look at those older ones for a kind of two and a half K-ish bike. But there's one specific one because in 2015, they had a complete overhaul, uh, effectively a new bike, and it looks absolutely incredible. 2015 onwards, Yamaha XJR 1300, it's transformed the look of the bike. They look, they look like a proper modern classic, proper retro style bike. And you can pick them up for under £6,000 now for a 2015 1300cc muscle bike with 96 horsepower. I think this is now a really good price for this. I'm clicking on it. There's one in Castleford, UK, £5,995 with a kind of gunmetal grey tank. Completely stripped back, no fairings, no plastic. It looks amazing. This one's got 10,000 miles on the clock. And I think that is a really good niche bike. These are not 
common bikes but that is just like the Suzuki a real talking point bike that will stand the test of time it will not lose a penny from 6k I really really do think that I think in fact if anything they may just start ticking up in value over the next few years but that is a great investment bike it's a great talking point bike you'll be able to go to any shows and be proud on that bike so I hope that's been useful three of my pick motorcycles and that's it i would like to thank sysapp for sponsoring this week's episode go and check them out that 35 euro discount lasts until the end of december uh, i highly highly rate them i've got them on my motorbike that's sysapp.com and i want to wish because i think well this will come out on the 23rd of december when i'm speaking to you right now everyone have a brilliant christmas and if you catch this just after christmas have a brilliant festive period a great new year's and i will speak to you very very soon Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.